Good evening. Or should I say hello or good morning? I'm not sure when you guys will be hearing this throughout your day. Welcome to the Revelation Podcast. And what you are seeing is the webpage for the Revelation Podcast. This is where I put my writings at. And at the left-hand corner, you'll see the address. And you could check this out and maybe find some encouragement. And this is things that I like to share that's in my heart, that's coming from the Word. I like to put it out there and keep people encouraged. I think we need that, especially in these times. Now... And we'll let it go to the Word. And the Lord has given me a message in my heart. And this message is called, I have people that did not bow down to Baal. That's the title of this message. Start in the Word with this message. I want to go to Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start here. In Matthew chapter 24. I like to go from verses 1 to 9. Verses 1 to 9. Jesus left the temple and was going away. When his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, but he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, Disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will fall away and betray another and hate one another, and many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Let me say that again then the end will come. 
Now, I want to briefly look back at what we just read to take us in and see what it means when God has his people. What does it mean when he has people that did not bow to Baal yet? You know, Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry. He's in Jerusalem for Passover week. He's getting ready to be executed. When Jesus' disciples admired the temple, he told them that this place will be destroyed. And it did. It was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. This led his disciples to ask him a question is, when will the end come? I think in the last year and so far this year that some people may have the same question. When will this all end? As those who are born of the Spirit should be thoroughly reading the Word so they too will know when the end will come. The Bible encourages us in this. We know that at the end, Jesus will be victorious. We will live in the new Jerusalem. There will be no more war. There will be no more sickness, no more sorrow, and no more death. You know, his disciples thought when he came the first time that he was going to establish Jerusalem once again. But when Jesus was explaining about going to the end time, he did not say that the kingdom will come right away. I mean, throughout his ministry, he tells them that the kingdom will come. In the last book of, the Bible, book of Revelation, it's in details about how the end will be. And Jesus says, towards the end of this, he says, the end will not come until this gospel is preached to the whole world and then the end will come. I think it's fair to say that this gospel that we have has not yet been preached throughout the whole world. There are still groups of people that still live tribal-like. I mean, we're discovering new tribes throughout this world. This world is huge, and I don't think that this gospel has been reached to all people yet. The only person that knows is a father. He also knows exactly when the end will come. Jesus himself even says that no one knows when I will return. No one knows when the end will come except for the father. What we have in what Jesus was telling us to describe are the details. The details on when we know the end will come. You know, Jesus says that nation will rise against nation. 
there'll be hunger and earthquakes. In other passages, it mentions about pestilence. Pestilence refers to some sort of world plague. And I think we could say that the COVID-19 was a world plague. This Chinese virus has brought down nations last year and is going to try to bring down this nation. This nation is standing in the way of their totalitarian regime. They will not be successful. They will not succeed. I believe that God has preserved the United States as a roadblock from Satan taking over this world. You know, Satan's powerful and he's smart. However, he's not all powerful and he's not all knowing. Satan cannot see the future. The battle between him and God is like a two-year-old playing against a chess master. You know, this two-year-old has no idea what he's doing. It may think it knows what it is doing, yet this two-year-old cannot see ahead. It doesn't know what's lying ahead for him. God, being like the chess master, he knows everything. He knows how everything is going to end. And we have an idea. You know, with all that we are going through, we might be approaching the beginnings of the birth pains. Or we're just starting them. We're either in the middle of them or we're coming to an end. However, the birth pains are just the beginning. You know, when the Antichrist is revealed, then we know that the world is coming to an end. Now, we don't know if the Antichrist is here yet or not. But the Antichrist must be revealed before we see the end being near. The Antichrist will persecute Christians throughout the world. He will bring such a tribulation that has not been seen yet. I mean, look a little further down in the abomination of desolation. Look at what it says about the Antichrist, the type of persecution that he will be doing. In verse 22, it says, And if those days, talking about the persecution, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. No human would be saved refers to that if the rapture, and if, God, if the rapture did not take place, then Satan would have persecuted all the Christians. That's the kind of level of persecution the Antichrist will do. I mean, the communist dreams about this kind of persecution, but they don't have the means to do it yet. 
And what's keeping them from the means to do it is the United States. You know, the United States have sent more missionaries than any other country throughout the world. And I think, and this is my opinion, and I think because of that, God has still given this nation favor, even though it has been falling down to sin decade after decade, or you could say century after century. God's protecting this nation for his purpose. And I again, I think because of that, is that the United States has sent more missionaries than any other country. I think the second nation is South Korea. And what's interesting is South Korea was fallen to communism before the United States. South Korea had problems with COVID-19 before the United States. And so right now, the United States is standing in the way of the communists take over. You know, I encourage brothers and sisters to take a break from the news, especially if you're worried, your anxiety is going up and you just feel tight as if you cannot breathe. I just encourage you just to turn that stuff off. Give a day or two. Spend time in prayer. Reading the word. You know, the word of God is going to encourage you. It's going to enlighten you. It's going to remind you of the hope that you have in Christ. And in Christ alone. Now, some of you out there feel that, hey, you know, you're the only one that's out there. And there's no one helping you, especially if you're living in places like Los Angeles, Oregon, New York, China, or whatever. You feel like that you're that lonely Christian and there's no one out there to help you. You may be a Christian politician in D.C. or wherever, and the majority are left communists and you just feel like that you have no hope at all no hope at all and you're just frustrated you feel like you just want to throw away the towel and just give up you know throughout the bible we see people feel how we do whenever we're going through a hard time we feel that no one understands us you know, the Bible greats like Elijah, Paul, and the Apostle John felt that, you know, no one understands what they are going through. But then we kind of read the gospel. We see all the things that Jesus went through, you know, through all the persecution and the rejection and dying on the cross and people leaving him and forsaking him. He knows because he experiences it. And we need to remember that. And the only way to remember that is getting into the Word. Getting into the Word. And what I like to do is I like to get on with I have people that did not bow down to Baal. 
And from Matthew chapter 24, we're going to go to the last book in the Bible with Revelation. All right, we are at Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The church of Sardis was a dying church. It was a dying church. Some feel that their churches too are dying. Some feel like the nation is dying. And yet, look what it says about this dying church. And we'll see that in verse 4. And to the angel of church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. You see, it's a considered a dead church. Yeah, I'll point out in verse 4 why I see it as a dying church. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. Notice it's about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you receive and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I come against you. Yet you have still a few names of Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, Jesus addresses this church that it's dead. And the people who he's referring to are the ones who are not obeying his commands. They believe in him, but they are not carrying out his commands. And so he's telling them to repent, and he will not blot out his name in the book of life. Now, I'm not sure why ESV decided to go with never, but that's wrong. He said, I will not blot out his name in the book of life. Not and never are different. Never means that you'll never ever do it. Not means kind of like, not means no, but it still could be yes if you turn around. Like if I tell someone that, hey, listen, if you're not going to do this, then I won't do this. So I'm kind of giving the option to turn away, turn around, you know. Well, anyhow. You know, this is a dying church, you know, and we see that, you know, in Jesus' conversation to them through John, he tells them to 
you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. So there's certain parts of that church that's about to die. And he's given the opportunity to repent so they can be alive. And look at what it says in verse 4. Yet I have still a few names in Sardis. People. You see, even in a dead or dying church, or even in a dead or dying city, or even a dead or dying state or nation, that God still has people. Yet I have a few names and stars, people who have not soiled their garments. You know, God has not only these people in churches, he also has these people in higher office. He has these people in legislations. He has these people in mayors as cities. You see, God still had people in a dying church. And God still has people in a dying nation. Now, we see that God still has people even in the Old Testament. And I want us to go to the Old Testament. In 1 Kings chapter 19, First Kings chapter 19, verse 18. He says, Yet I will leave 7,000 Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. You see, this is about Elijah. And Elijah has been running from the Israel monarchy. The monarchy in Israel pretty much like the Communist Party today. The Israel monarchy are trying to get the people of God to bow down to Baal. And God uses Elijah as his instrument. Elijah is the hope for the people in Israel. Elijah sees that he's the only one that's going up against Ahab and Jezebel. You know, he's running from these guys. He's hiding in caves. And he's just fearful of his life. He's just worried. He sees he's the only one and he has leaves. There's no hope at all. And look at what God tells them at the end in verse 18 right here. First Kings chapter 19, verse 18. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. This kind of scenario where a person feels like he has no hope and God tells them that he has plenty of people is seen also in the New Testament in the book of Acts in Acts 19 Acts 8, I'm sorry Acts 18 
Acts chapter 18. Paul arrives in Corinth. And he's preaching the gospel, and yet he is opposed. Look at what's going on from verses 5 through 6. 5 and 6. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word. In other words, he was preaching the gospel, testing to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garment and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Reading that kind of gives an idea that Paul was frustrated. He was frustrated. You know, he feels like, you know, when he's preaching the gospel, that it's just like hitting a wall and that it's just not getting through to these people. And we see later on, look how he's encouraged by Jesus in verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Aren't those encouraging words right there from Jesus to Paul? And I believe those words are for us. Do not be afraid of speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you. I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. These are very encouraging words. You know, God had people in Corinth. He had many. And whenever we see the word many or multitude, this gives an idea that there are so many that you couldn't really count. But it was enough. You know, in the Old Testament with Elijah, God has 7,000 prophets that did not bow down to Baal. And in Corinth, God had many people for Paul. In Sardis, there were people that did not soil their garments. I believe that there are people today that God has placed for these times. These are the people that God will be working through. These people, we have no idea who they are yet. You see, a true servant of God does not necessarily need attention or notoriety. He does not need to be made known. You know, when God tells us to go to work, he tells us to go work hard, be quiet, and be humble. Be gentle to those that are around you. Speak out for the unjust and stand up for truth and righteous. I believe on his time that God will give the green light to his servants and they will stand up against the injustice that's going on right now. Evil will not prevail. Or not yet, not this time. It's not the time for evil to prevail. God still has plans 
his gospel still needs to be preached to nations that have not heard it yet. The United States has been sending more missionaries than any other country in the world. And so the United States is standing in the way of Satan's takeover the world. Satan cannot overcome with communism. He will not do it. I believe, with all that's going on, that President Trump will be elected for another four years. You see, God has his people in places too. Satan can't see these people. God just has way too many. You know, just like in the Old Testament, Satan tried to eliminate God's people through fear and persecution. He failed. Satan tried to put fear into Paul, and he fell because God had too many people in that city. Satan tried to drive fear and persecution in the church of Sardis. I mean, he almost got them. I mean, it was a dead church, and there were people dying, and yet there were still people that were still alive. God says, I have people that did not bow down to Baal. God has people right now that has not bowed down to the communist government. Amen. Now, for those that are listening to the Revelation podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, I do have visuals for it. And these visuals could be seen at Rumble, and it could be seen at YouTube. Also, I have a Facebook page. The channel for Rumble, it's a new visual platform. It's same thing with YouTube. You could find the Revelation podcast at the channel of The Savage Viewpoint. And let me spell Capital T, lowercase h, lowercase e, capital S, lowercase a, v, as in Victor, a, g, e, capital V, i, e, w, p, o, i, n, t, the savage viewpoint. Now, I will put that into the description box for Anchor so you can kind of see it. And then for YouTube, it's on the Christ Center channel. The Christ Center channel. And then if you go on to the Facebook page, in the Facebook page, it is the Revelation Podcast Post. The Revelation Podcast Post. So, if you want to see things and not just hear things. All right. Catch you guys later.